Don't just ride the index, seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. Good Friday morning. There was a new twist in the presidential race overnight. That's, that's right. Another state moving Donald Trump from the ballot. It's December 29th. This is today. Ballot showdown. Donald Trump blocked from the Republican primary in Maine by the state's Democratic Secretary of State. The Trump campaign blasting the decision now on hold until the courts weigh in. A live report from Washington straight ahead. Rough seas. Huge waves in California knocking over onlookers, flooding roads, and damaging homes. The region now bracing for heavy rain, while much of the country enjoys milder temperatures heading into the holiday weekend. We'll have your full forecast. Breaking overnight, Russia launching a massive round of attacks on multiple cities in Ukraine, one of the largest since the invasion nearly two years ago. We'll have the very latest. Demolished. An empty lot, that's all that's left of the house in Idaho where four college students were stabbed to death. Just ahead, mixed emotions now being voiced by the victims' families. Going down, mortgage rates falling for the ninth straight week. We'll break down what it means if you're in the market to buy or sell a home. All that plus Cleveland rocks. The Browns dominate the Jets and punch their ticket to the playoffs. The journey continues. And we're just getting started. An exciting start to a huge weekend in the NFL. And let the countdown begin. With just two days to go, the party is already on in Times Square. This morning, an inside look at the final preparations and the fun reason that Las Vegas is set to host a record number of weddings to close out the year. There's always just a little bit of magic in the air. We've got it all covered today, Friday, December 29th, 2023. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Kotb, live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. Good morning and welcome to today on this last Friday of the year. Thanks so much for starting it with us. I'm Laura Jarrett alongside Peter Alexander. Savannah and Hoda are still off. And you, my friend, had so much fun in New York City this week. You lost your voice. Yeah, I woke up a little Barry White this morning. Huh? That's what I get for staying out too late this <laughs> week. But I feel just fine. So we're going to barrel through as we get ready for the holiday. Yeah, and getting ready for New Year's plans here. As we said, the countdown is on. We have a live look at the iconic ball in Times Square. A million people expected to fill the streets to watch it drop now just two days away. We're going to get to those preps, the travel outlook, and the forecast for the big day in just a moment. But first, our top story, Maine's Democratic Secretary of State removing Donald Trump from the state's primary ballot. The move comes amid a series of legal challenges to Trump's candidacy in other states. The U.S. Supreme Court now poised one way or another to decide whether the former president remains eligible to return to the White House. NBC's Ryan Nobles joins us with the very latest on all this. Ryan, good morning to you. 
Laura, good morning. And the Secretary of State in Maine said that her ruling will essentially be put on pause until the court weighs in. That means just like in Colorado, the former president will still appear on the primary ballot for now. For the second time in less than a month, a state has ruled that former President Donald Trump was in violation of Section 3 of the 14th Amendment because of his actions on January 6th, and therefore ineligible to run for President of the United States. Maine's Secretary of State, Shanna Bellows, a Democrat, ruling that Trump should be removed from the state's ballot. In her decision, she writes, The weight of the evidence makes clear that Mr. Trump was aware of the tinder laid by his multi-month effort to delegitimize a Democratic election and then chose to light a match. The ruling by Bellows is similar to the decision made by Colorado's Supreme Court that also declared Trump ineligible. And while both rulings are unprecedented, former President Trump's name will remain on the ballot for now while the court process plays out and appeals are made. But Trump's culpability related to January 6th is something the U.S. Supreme Court will likely still have to deal with. Trump's campaign called the ruling a partisan attack. We are witnessing in real time the attempted theft of an election and the disenfranchisement of the American voter, said Trump campaign spokesman Stephen Chung. An attack Bellows rejected. My obligations to the Constitution and rule of law come before any other consideration. No other factors could weigh on that decision. Challenges like these have popped up across the country, and most have been denied, including in Arizona, Minnesota, and most recently Michigan. Hours after the main decision, the Secretary of State in California announced that the former president would remain on the ballot in that state after facing calls to remove him. Meanwhile, Trump's GOP opponents rushing to his defense. The idea that one bureaucrat in an executive position can simply unilaterally disqualify someone from office, that turns on its head every notion of constitutional due process that this country has always abided by for over 200 years. And the Maine and Colorado primaries are being held on Super Tuesday, which is March 5th, and that may not leave enough time for ballots to be printed in time for the appeals process to run its course. Laura? Ryan Nobles, thank you so much. So, Peter, we do have to acknowledge how unusual this is to have two states kicking the presidential frontrunner for the Republican Party off the ballot. That's never happened before, right? At the same time, though, the state laws do allow for it, and there's never been an insurrection, an attempted coup before of the presidential seat. And so they would say that's unusual. So fundamentally, this is about who gets to make the determination whether the 14th Amendment should be applied here. But ultimately, this is not about the primary ballot. This is going to be determined and could impact the general election ballot if Donald Trump's name would be there. And that's why the Supreme Court is going to have to weigh in. They're not going to allow this patchwork of rulings all over the country to stand. And the real issue is what happens in November. We're going to be watching. Yep, that's for sure. All right. Now to some scary scenes from the California coast as storm surge sent massive waves onto beaches there. Oh, Oh my God. Look at that. Onlookers is knocked down, swept away by the surf on a beach in Pacifica. And this, wow, this huge wave in Santa Cruz pushed two kids from the beach into the shrubs several feet away. The surf reached up to 40 feet in some locations. In Ventura County, people and cars rushing away from the rough surf. The storm flooded parts of Ventura and other areas in Southern California, prompting this man to resort to paddle boarding for transportation. Also this morning, we're following new developments in the Middle East as fighting rages on in Gaza. New clashes have erupted north of there, along the Israel-Lebanon border. Meantime, Israel is now admitting 
to serious mistakes in its offensive, and we are learning more about the fate of an American citizen previously thought to be held hostage. NBC's Josh Letterman is in Tel Aviv for us again this morning. Josh, what's the very latest there? Well, Peter, good morning. Prime Minister Netanyahu met last night with hostage families and said those talks are ongoing, but that he couldn't discuss any of the details. But in the meantime, Hamas is doubling down on its position that no more hostages will be released until there is a permanent ceasefire, as we are learning that one of those hostages is no longer alive. This morning, another American family is grieving. 70-year-old Judy Weinstein, a U.S. citizen and grandmother of seven, was believed to be a hostage in Gaza. But her kibbutz announcing it's learned she was actually murdered in Israel during the October 7th terror attacks and her body brought to Gaza. It's the same fate as her 73-year-old husband, his death confirmed last week. President Biden saying the death cuts deep and vowing to bring remaining hostages home. There are six Americans still presumed captive in Gaza, including Edan Alexander from New Jersey. He turns 20 today in captivity. I decided that this year... I'm not going to make Idan's birthday cake. It's making me too sad. Meanwhile, a former hostage, 21-year-old Mia Shem, is speaking out, detailing the grueling conditions she went through while in captivity for 54 days. Shem comparing her experience to the Holocaust, recalling when a surgeon operated on her hand without anesthesia, telling her, you're not coming home alive. It comes as Israel in a rare move is admitting serious mistakes in the war, saying the fatal shooting of three hostages this month in a friendly fire incident could have been prevented. A spokesman saying, we are responsible for what happened. And for the first time, Israel acknowledging two devastating airstrikes in a central Gaza refugee camp on Christmas Eve. The IDF saying its fighter jets unintentionally struck civilians and expressing regret. Overnight, the Hamas-run Gaza Health Ministry says more than 20 were killed in new airstrikes in Rafah, in the south, where Israel once told civilians to flee to, including Ahmed from northern Gaza. We are all relatives and we came here, he says. Why did they hit this house? In the smoldering rubble, Palestinians digging for survivors with their bare hands, finding a young girl in the rubble. She's still alive, rescued and rushed to the hospital. And overnight, there are new tensions throughout the Middle East, including the U.S. shooting down a ballistic missile launched by Iran-backed Houthi rebels from Yemen uh, into the Red Sea. Today, Israel and Hezbollah both say they have been exchanging fire all morning as fears of a regional war continue to climb. Peter? Just awful scenes on all sides. Josh Letterman. Josh, thank you. Turning now to another war, the war in Ukraine, Russia unleashing one of its biggest aerial attacks of the year. Ukraine says Russia launched over 120 missiles overnight, as well as sending several dozen bomb dropping drones into capital and other cities there. Officials say at least seven civilians were killed. President Volodymyr Zelensky has said that most of the incoming missiles and drones were shot down, but an unknown number of people are buried under the rubble. Meantime, there is some positive news this morning for potential home buyers. Mortgage rates have dropped for the ninth week in a row. Now they sit at their lowest level since May. So here to break down what it means for shoppers and sellers is NBC's business correspondent, Brian Chung. Brian, it's nice to see you this morning. A lot of people have been eyeing the housing market right now, hoping rates would start to fall. So what do these lower rates mean for those folks? Yeah, well, I mean, maybe bringing in some of those uh, buyers from the sidelines into the market. It's been a pretty tough 2023 when we consider 
how high mortgage rates went. But as of uh, this week, Freddie Mac saying that the average mortgage rate for a 30 year fix is 6.61 percent. That's down from almost 6.7 percent last week and down substantially from the 7.8 percent just two months ago. So if you put this into dollar amounts, if you're talking about a four hundred thousand dollar home, 20 percent down, this is a savings of about two hundred fifty five dollars a month. So this is really good news for people that have been kind of looking on the sidelines and saying, all right, that mortgage rate is just a little bit too high. Some relief finally for them. What do you think it means for the economy as a whole? Yeah, well, I mean, when we look to 2024, what the Federal Reserve has been doing is talking about the potential for interest rate cuts. If that happens, that can mean mortgage rates might go down even further from here. So you have some forecasters saying that we could see 30-year fixed mortgage rates, which are related to, although not directly tied to what the Federal Reserve is doing, perhaps going down to maybe the low sixes sometime next year. So that would be even better news for mortgage buyers that are potentially looking into the market uh, next year. Although home prices are still broadly high across right. the board. So but more people right. willing to put their house on the market potentially if they know the rates are lower. Than Possibly good news for sellers yeah. as well. Yeah, That's right. exactly. We need a little movement in the market for a lot of folks on all sides <laughs> yep. right now. Brian Chung, thank you very much. Appreciate Thanks it. Thanks so much, Brian. All right. We have a lot more to get to, including the countdown to New Year's Eve. People all across the country are making their final preparations for the big night. Police ran Ramping up security, of course, to keep those celebrations safe. And everyone is watching the weather. We have it all covered, including Dylan's forecast. But first, NBC's Stephanie Goss joins us live from Times Square this morning. Steph, how are authorities getting ready? Hey, Laura, good morning. You know, there will be the security that people see here on New Year's Eve, things like counterterrorism units, barricades, sanitation trucks blocking streets. And then there will be the security people do not see. Plainclothes officers, cameras, surveillance. There was a big meeting here in New York City at police headquarters where they said there was no credible threat, but they do have concerns that the war in Gaza could make an event like New Year's Eve more of a target for lone wolf actors. And they've also been struggling here in this city with protests, pro-Palestinian protests. It's the kind of thing that people and law enforcement are concerned about in other places, other large cities in this country like Boston and Chicago. In Las Vegas, they're expecting up to a half a million people on the strip there as well. And you will see similar levels of vigilance in all of those cities, Laura. So that's the security. But what about the fun, Steph? What can crowds look forward to? Oh, you know, yesterday was one of my favorite days here in Times Square. It was Good Riddance Day. That's where anything that happened in 2023, you say goodbye to and get ready for 2024. Today, there's another annual event. They're going to test the confetti. They're going to drop 75 pounds of confetti to make sure it works. Spoiler, it always works. Um, on, on New Year's Eve, they're actually going to drop 3,000 pounds of confetti and it will work then too, guys. I am always blown about how fast they clean it up for how much it is. Steph, thank you. Appreciate it. My kids always want to test the confetti. I'm like, just hold off, guys. I'm the one who ends up vacuuming, vacuuming that every year, right? With millions eager to celebrate today, will be another busy one of the nation's roads and, of course, at the airport. So depending where you live or where you are going, you could face some bad weather along the way. NBC's Sam Brock is joining us from Miami International Airport. Sam, good morning. How's it look like? How's it looking? Yeah. Peter, good morning, or should I say Barry White, good morning. Good to be with you. And yes, right now we have all eyes on the airports this morning. The TSA has already warned passengers that today, the 29th, and Monday, January 1st, will be two of the busiest travel days of the year. They are expecting more than 2.5 million passengers to go through TSA checkpoints. Now, here's the problem, Peter. 
earlier this week on Tuesday and Wednesday, days that were not expected to be as busy, they saw more than 2.6 million passengers. And bigger picture now, if you compare that to just a year ago, more than a half million passengers per day more, which is an astounding increase. Peter, that is more than what we saw before the pandemic in 2019. So the sheer number of volume obviously is elevated. In terms of what airports are seeing here in the last couple of days, where the hardest hits have been, Miami International, where I am right now, was actually the worst yesterday, more than 300 delays. It was more than one in three flights there. Fort Lauderdale as well, followed by Chicago O'Hare and Denver International. The picture is much smoother so far this morning. Nationally, Peter, you're looking at about 400 flights that are delayed so far, but the so-called misery map from FlightAware shows that it's really only a couple dozen or so most at this point for JFK, Boston, and BWI. Those are the three leaders. There are some considerations right now for visibility problems in the Northeast. Also, you mentioned those rogue waves out west, some rainfall from San Francisco all the way down to San Diego that could cause delays. But by and large, right now, things are good. I don't want to jinx anyone. We're keeping a close eye on what's to come. Back to you. We like to keep the misery map as green as possible. Sam, thank you so much. Appreciate you. All right. Let's check in with Dylan with a check of the forecast. Looking pretty good. It actually looks okay for people traveling going into the weekend. Here are our trouble spots, though. We do have a little bit of light snow across the Midwest, stretching into northern Arkansas. But here's that storm system approaching the West Coast. We did uh, see that rough surf, and we also have just a lot of rain and wind, especially across central and northern uh, coastal California. For the East Coast, if you do run into any delays today, it would mostly be this morning because of the dense fog. We do have dense fog advisories for parts of the Northeast and LaGuardia. We're only uh, reporting visibility of about 1.3 miles right now. Down in Richmond, it's uh, less than half a mile. So that could create some isolated delays. But for the most part, I think we're okay for today. San Francisco will see some of that rain that will likely slow things down a little bit. But in Chicago, St. Louis, it doesn't look bad enough to cause widespread delays. Same goes for Boston uh, into New York, Washington, D.C., Atlanta, Miami. They all look fine today. And then tomorrow, same thing. Look at all the green on the map. Again, that's what we like to see when we're looking at Chicago, D.C., New York, down into Houston, even the West Coast. We should see some improvements as that storm weakens, but we will still have to keep an eye out for maybe some isolated delays just because the amount of rain making its way onshore. And that's your latest forecast. Dylan, thank you very much. And coming up right here, the house in Idaho where four college students were killed, torn down despite pleas from the victims' families, their reaction and the potential impact on the upcoming trial. Plus, Las Vegas is gearing up for what could be a record day for weddings to close out the year. The once-in-a-lifetime date that has couples racing to the altar. But first, this is Today on NBC. Hello. There are over 75 million monthly Tubi viewers. That's more people than there are Golden Retrievers which means Tubi is more popular than using meat-flavored toothpaste. More popular than never figuring out what W-A-L-K spells. More popular than kicking your leg when a human rubs your belly just right. Tubi, it's more popular than golden retrievers. See you in there. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match 
with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash today. Just go to Indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash today. Conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We are back at 7.30. Some Michelle Kwan's out there on the rink today. Some inspiring Olympians out there enjoying themselves and a huge enthusiastic crowd on our plaza as we head in to the final weekend in 2023. Plenty of these people in town ready to watch the ball drop today. They can practice the confetti today as well. We've got a lot of that ahead as we get ready for the new year. Jacob is in today for Craig. What's up, guys? Savannah I feel like you might off. have some moves on the ice. No, are you kidding me? It would be like, I don't want to talk about this on national be, television. Be stuff with Cottonelle, right? So it would be very, very embarrassing. All of your assignments, that's got to be the next one. Uh, nobody wants to see me figure skate. <laughs> guys, we've got a lot to get to in this half hour, starting with the latest on a controversial move in Idaho. The house where four college students were stabbed to death has now been torn down. Crews working swiftly yesterday to demolish the home and to remove debris just in a matter of hours. NBC's Dana Griffin joins us with more on this, including new reaction from the victims' families. Dana, good morning. Laura, good morning. So the demolition is bringing mixed reaction to the University of Idaho community, including several of the victims' families. Now, despite some wishes to preserve the house for a jury trial, others say they're glad to move forward in the grieving process. This morning, an empty lot surrounded by a fence is all that remains of the King Road home where four University of Idaho students were murdered. Crews using heavy equipment to tear through walls and quickly flatten the structure. It was inside that home where Zana Carnodal, Ethan Chapin, Madison Mogan, and Kaylee Gonzalez were found stabbed to death in November 2022. For some in this small community, the removal is a relief. I'm, I'm glad that it's gone. Definitely a new start, for sure. Others expressing their doubts. I don't think tearing the house down is going to help this move on. For the father of Kaylee Gonzalez, the emotions are mixed. You're glad that it's gone. You have all these negative feelings and emotions with that place. Um, but then at the same time, you see how much joy and love was in that place. The Gonzalez family says they're placing their trust in lead investigators, yet cautious about the possible impact the demolition could have on the trial. I hope that I'm totally wrong. They never need it. They never go back. But that's a luxury that we would have had and we don't have now. Despite the objections from some of the victims' families, the university defending their decision to move forward. Our understanding is from a legal standpoint, everyone was finished with the house. For our community, it was time for the house to come down. The school also saying it costs them $700 a day to hire security to keep people out. In recent months, the prosecution, FBI, and suspect Brian Koberger's defense teams have visited the house and collected evidence. In May, a judge entered a not guilty plea for the defendant. 
The university saying the FBI plans to use documentation from prior home visits to construct visual and audio exhibits and a physical model of the home for the trial. They'll be able to recreate that house 3D image in every form or manner possible that should be able to answer the jury's questions. The Gonzalez family now hoping that in the new year, a trial date will be set. I feel like at some point we have to let the evidence be the evidence. Now, it's important to note that prosecutors were never against the demolition, saying that a jury view of the home would have never been authorized under state law because the conditions of the house changed dramatically since the time of the homicides. And Dana, Dana, what comes next for that lot as we inch closer to the trial? Yeah, so the university says that the lot will sit vacant for the time being, and they plan to turn their attention to the memorial garden being built on campus. Now, as for the trial, it's going to be a waiting game. They've asked for a six-week summer trial, but no word yet on when a judge will make that decision. Back to you. All right, Dana, thanks so much. Still ahead right here, another high-profile case back in the spotlight. Gypsy Rose Blanchard released from prison and now speaking out what she is saying and what is next for her. But first, Las Vegas is a popular wedding destination anytime, but but this weekend it could be record-shattering. We're going to take a closer look at what has so many couples eager to say, I do, this New Year's Eve. That's coming up right after this. We are back at 738 with something that has couples lining up to tie the knot over the long holiday weekend. So perhaps not surprisingly, New Year's Eve could be a record one for weddings in Las Vegas. And Jacob, this is for kind of a fun reason. Yeah, this is my most important investigative journalism work yet, guys. Times Square has the ball drop, but Vegas has wedding bells. The rush to the altar, check this out, is all about the date, December 31st, 2023, said another way. One, two, three, one, two, three. See what I'm saying? Some couples see that as lucky, heralding good energy and new beginnings. In Las Vegas this weekend, hundreds of couples are expected to exchange rings as they ring in the new year. It's Las Vegas, it's New Year's, there's always just a little bit of magic in the air. And December 31st has extra significance this year because of the number sequence. One, two, three, one, two, three, making the date more sought after than ever. The Chapel of the Flowers on the Las Vegas Strip performed 53 weddings last New Year's Eve. This year they have 111 on the books and counting. Everybody's looking for something that resonates with them, something symbolic. Natalia Figueroa and Luis Rumbos are flying from Orlando, Florida to Las Vegas for their big day. This is my favorite um, day of the year because everybody's super happy, enjoying the last day of the year, celebrating the new one. And then we notice that the dates currently it's one, two, three, one, two, three. So we're very excited for that as well. While Las Vegas typically sees 450 to 550 couples saying, I do on New Year's Eve, the Clark County clerk says she expects at least 1,500 this year. We think this is going to be a banner night for Las Vegas weddings. Weddings are big business in Sin City, where the wedding industry generates $2.5 billion a year. And there's good reason Las Vegas has been the go-to quick wedding destination for decades, taking the headache out of getting hitched. The Marriage License Bureau can provide licenses in about an hour. They're open till midnight every day of the year. And this year, to handle the New Year's Eve rush, they're even setting up in the Las Vegas airport for couples to take care of their paperwork as soon as they step off the plane. People love when there's actually a lot of people waiting at the Marriage License Bureau. And just the excitement of being with other couples that are getting married on the same day with the same locations is just a great deal of fun. And you never know who you might run into at the altar. 
We have Elvis impersonators. We can have Dracula. We can have Mrs. Claus a few weeks ago. Pretty much anything other than, you know, setting the chapel on fire is pretty much a go. <laughs> the other bonus, by the way, if you do get married on New Year's Eve, you can always count on, on fireworks. You get a little extra fireworks. By the way, the current record for weddings in a single day happened in Las Vegas on July 7th, 2007. You guessed it. 070707. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. <laughs> Does your wedding date have any significance? Uh, no, I mean, other than being a lovely, memorable day. <laughs> this is yeah. it. What, what your answer is there? Guys, you stop this right now. <laughs> Moving on. Dylan Dreyer, who weather? Dylan's got the forecast. <laughs> My dad's birthday is 012345. Is it really? Oh, Not that he cool. chose that, but I mean, that just happened to be his date. That's so yeah. funny. So, all right. Anyway, we uh, do have some pretty significant weather making its way onshore out in California. Not just the rain and the wind, but the surf. The surf has been incredibly high, and that's going to continue continue to be a threat as we go through the day today as that area of low pressure makes its way on shore. We do have some lighter rain from the coast of Washington down into Oregon and into northwestern California, but it's really the waves that could create some coastal flooding, especially uh, when you're looking at some of those heights up to about 25 feet. So that is going to be uh, the big story out west. Elsewhere across the country, if you're traveling today, even tomorrow, the weather for the most part looks okay. A couple of spotty light snow showers back through the Midwest. This cold front will trigger some rain showers across the northeast. It's sunny and cool down across Texas. Temperatures in the 50s and 60s, so a little bit below average. If you are headed to New York City for New Year's Eve for the big ball drop in Times Square, the weather looks great, too. Partly cloudy, 39 degrees, a wind chill of 35. We've certainly seen much colder New Year's Eve forecasts, so this is actually looking all right. And that's your latest forecast. All right. Thank you, Dylan. Still to come, we are going to get you ready for the new year with expert tips to be healthier in 2024, including some surprising ways to get more sleep and Reduce your screen time. I could use that. Plus, a late Christmas gift from music superstar Ariana Grande. What she has planned for the new year. That's coming up. Stay with us. This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun, and that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com.